0: And welcome back to My Love Letter Time Machine, where we are unfolding the Victorian love story contained in the letters of two ordinary people from Yorkshire, Fred Shepherd and Jamie Warburton. I'm Ingrid Birchall-Hughes, and I just happen to be their great-great-granddaughter. Each week, we travel 140 years back in time to discover the latest happenings. And this week, Fred tries to resist the temptation of a kickback at work, and we find out about Victorian health subscriptions, or sick club, as Fred called it, Last time, you may remember that Janie and Fred shared quite a lot of pillow talk. In this next letter from Fred, we get a bit more sexual discussion, but also a rather concerning temptation of an entirely different kind. Twenty-one Church Street, Middlesbrough, March the fifth, eighteen eighty-two. My own darling wife, I was very pleased to receive your letter this morning, love. I wish I could kiss you, my darling, just as much as you do to me, and I believe it will be a small number, that Alvie mentioned, compared to what we shall have at Easter. I always enjoy your letters, wifey. They are so full of love. They do me good. In fact, I don't see how I could do without them. They are a necessity of existence, and they are, as you are, love, always the same. I wondered whether you would go to the fancy fair. I saw an account in the paper about it. I suppose it was a very grand affair.' I am very sorry you missed attending the class, love, but it will not prevent you from being confirmed, will it? They must have got rid of the bantams from our house if they are buying some others. I thought I saw them last time I was there. I did not know your father was a foul fancier, love. Is he? I like John's idea of getting you to remember them to me. I should think none of them have time to write. It is very near a fortnight since I heard from home. I think they might write at least once a week. They have far more time than I have. When I do get a letter from home, it is about a page written very far apart. I am glad to hear, though, that they are all well. I am sorry to hear of Annie Laverack's mother's misfortune. Annie certainly has had her share of trouble, love. But who hasn't, my darling? I don't think I shall trouble over Harry Wilkinson if I were her. I think she is better off without him. He could not have really loved her, my darling, not as I love you, or he would not have changed when he got away from her. I am sure I love you more than ever, my darling, And you don't love me any less, do you? The confirmation, love, will be three weeks next Tuesday, then. I shall kiss you, my darling. I think I explained to you how pleased I was that you were going in for it. My darling wife, we shall be everything to each other, as we have been since knowing each other thoroughly, shan't we, my darling? I hope Annie's mother will recover. You may express my sympathy with her in this matter. We did win the match, love, as you expected, but we have to play the final match next Saturday against Middlesbrough. I think we shall win. I was rather unfortunate yesterday, getting hurt almost at the commencement of the game. It was not very serious, my darling, so don't be alarmed, but it prevented me from distinguishing myself as I should have liked. I got one goal afterwards, and Harrison got one. We went two to one. I shall certainly bring the medal, love, if we win it, and I shall be very disappointed if we don't, as we are nearer winning it than I have ever been before. However, if we don't, I expect I shall live. They are not a nice lot of spectators here. They can't see any good play except on their own side. Now, in Sheffield, they will always give a player the benefit of his play, and more so of a stranger. I am glad you enjoyed yourself at Rose, love, the other night, and that Polly is improving in manner. I am rather surprised at your news about the wedding, love. I did not think it was so near. It will perhaps be Whitsuntide if it is going to be June, love. I hope ours will not be long after that, my darling. I shall not delay it any longer than absolutely necessary. I want you so much, little wifey, and you would not mind leaving the salubrious and congenial Handsworth for the miserable, dull, uncongenial life with me here in Middlesbrough, would you, my darling? I cannot say I should care to live so near a mother-in-law as your Fred seems to be going to do, as I intend to have a little say in the matter of the carrying on of the establishment, which is rather doubtful when a mother-in-law is on the scene.' You won't mind leaving your relations for my sake, my darling, shall you? I wish I could come over to your house, love, for this week, as I enjoy Polly's society very much. You must not fail to remember me very kindly to her, darling. I hope she will soon recover her health. I am sure I should if I were with you. How long is it since Lily Gray was married, love? Were they not married rather hastily? It was a long time to be in labour, wasn't it? Two days. Do you think you are quite willing to suffer the pangs for my sake, darling? You will have thought of that, won't you, love? What is the usual length of time? I thought the little item was a query, love. What little there is, is entirely at your service, my darling, and have never been otherwise. My own wife, I love you too much to think of it being otherwise. Would you not kiss me, my love, after what I said? You did not say whether you would or not. And you say you suppose it is my property. Are you not sure, Wifey? I have never any doubt, my darling. Don't misunderstand me, love, but I like you to say that it is. I have never been offended, darling, have you, when I have looked at the moss rosebud? I think you may rely on me never abusing it, love, when I do what I like with it. I'm afraid I made it rather sore last time. But then, you know, we were in uncomfortable positions. I hope at Easter, having more time, we shall be able to enjoy our exchange of love more comfortably and with greater time for the painful operation. You see, I am not counting on a refusal, wifey. How could my wife refuse me? Though I should love you as much as I think if you did. For it is not for that I love you, my darling, you know that. I have often wondered if your Fred and Polly ever felt so strongly that way as you and I love. They don't look much like it, but then we are quiet and demure to outsiders. They certainly do not seem to incite that way through excess of love as you and I were. I shall never forget our old Sunday nights when the revelations were first made, darling. How I wish I could see you now, my darling. I have scarcely been out today. I just walked out a little way this morning, but my leg was so stiff I could not walk far. It will be better by next week. This afternoon and night it has rained almost incessantly. Pleasant Sundays, very, but not so pleasant as we used to have, darling. We have had Wretchford to tea this afternoon. You will remember my mentioning to you about a man that supplies us with stores. He came to see me this afternoon and made a proposal that should I get him the orders he would give me a commission on them. I felt it was a strong temptation, and thought it best to refuse, rather than imperil my position for the sake of a little more money, though I felt that the money would have been very useful to me. I believe it is generally done in the district, but as I have rather strong opinions on the subject, I could not, with self-respect, accept the offer. Do you think I have done right, wifey? I wish we were married, darling, and then we could have our old talks about everything. I think I could make lots of money if I were not so confoundly conscientious. I made a statement out this last week for one of our contractors, for which he offered me a half-sovereign. But I had to refuse it, because I had made it out really as much on the company's account as his, and in the company's time. If I had made it out at home, I think I should have been justified in accepting it. Don't you think so? Will you add a line in your prayers, darling, that I may be led safely through temptation? For they are very frequent and tempting. I wish I could confer with my little wifey about these things, because I think a man is better off if he can confide in his wife, and also because women, as a rule, have a greater perception than men. I think I shall not work so late, love. I am beginning to find it is not the best thing, of course, if you're here, I think I should contrive somehow to have done at six so as to spend a long evening with my darling wife. I wish, like you, darling, that it was Easter, for I want to see you so much. Alvy is going home next Saturday. I wish I were too. Five more weeks to Easter. The time has gone so slow the last three weeks, love, but there will only be four more Sundays here. And then three days heaven with you. I am sorry to hear that your cold is not better. You must take care of yourself, darling, for my sake. Did you get my letter on Saturday morning, love? You did not say whether you did or not. I wish it was not so expensive, darling. I would come over before Easter, but I think we shall have to make a little sacrifice this time, love, though I should like to see my darling wife very much, and she could no doubt be pleased to see her loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. Well, with his elevated position in his new job, our Fred has been offered not one but two kickbacks here from his company suppliers. I really feel for him here. From what he says, this is common in the culture around him, and you can kind of sense him teetering. He knows it's unethical and it sounds like it's a sackable offence. And yet, he's a young man trying to make it possible for him and Janie to marry and set up home. The offers of cash obviously cross a line in Fred's mind. I say this because a gift in kind, in the form of stationery, has been accepted. Fred's next letter is on personalised writing paper bearing his address and a monogram of an F with the S for shepherd twined around it. I'll put a picture of it up on the My Love Letter Time Machine Instagram. 21 Church Street, Middlesbrough. March the 6th, 1882. My own darling wife. I thought I would write just a little tonight, love, so that I could give you a letter of the usual length without having to write some of it at the works. I cannot write very well at the office, first because we are generally too busy to have much time for it, and also because there are so many things to distract one's attention from the important duty of writing to one's wife. I think I must be rather different from the usual run of letter writers. I generally found them complaining of it being irksome. I don't find it so, darling. It is a pleasure to write to you, almost as great as hearing from you. I thought I would commence tonight. I was impatient to try the new paper. It only came today. You will have noticed that I enclosed my Sunday letter in an envelope, embossed. It is not the style I expected. I intended it to be done in colours. But as it costs nothing, I mustn't grumble. I am now going to have a little enjoyment reading through the last few letters from my wife. I generally read them half a dozen times before putting them away. It is always pleasurable, darling. They are so full of love and hope. I feel better and stronger after reading them, and sometimes I find I have missed answering something. How does Emma conduct herself, love, after your Williams admonition? Does she keep better now? I have not heard from Ted or John Miehs yet, and have only seen Mr. Gover twice since Christmas. I can't understand him at all. He seems all right when we are together, but he must be offended at something. I don't know what. They promised Tom Alvy to come to our house, and of course I am waiting until he does. I have always had a great horror of forcing my company on anybody, and I think I shall keep it. I am rather surprised that John is not answering my letter, as I am sure I wrote what I considered a very nice letter to him. But I suppose it is a case of being out of mind when out of sight. I did intend going to see him at Easter but of course shall not if I do not hear from him. I almost think I had better write again. The other letter may have miscarried. One of Alvy's did to his lady, love, and cannot be traced at all. I should not like any of ours to get wrong, darling, or else it would be very awkward. I now have got to the one I received on Sunday from you. My loving little darling, your letters are brimful of love, and I like them to be so. Matter would not be all right if they were not. I do love you, wifey, so much.' I would give anything to see you and kiss you, but I dare not come over as it would only throw our marriage later, and that is not what I want. I have got to the part of your letter respecting Mr Walker. Has he ever promised to marry Emma, love? I think he must have intended to do so once, or he would not have invited her down to his home. I often wondered if your people would have gone in for the divorce, had he not shown a partiality for her. Was that the reason, love? With respect to your Fred's wedding... I think I should pump Polly Rowe as to the probable cost of furnishing a house. Have they made any preparations yet, love? She will no doubt be ready to give you every information on the subject. I have not had an opportunity of inquiring into the man Edward Fay you spoke about, and you also forgot to tell me the reason you said you would in your letter for Sunday. Did you read that piece in the supplement about tight-lacing, love? It quite frightened me. May I ask what the size of your waist is, darling? I should like to know, because I think it would set my fears at rest. I hope it isn't too near 21 inches, darling, as mentioned in the paper. You know my strong views, wifey, on that point, don't you? I used to think that your jacket was rather too tight around the waist, but of course I'm not supposed to know. I think I may safely rely on your not being too tight-laced when you are my wifey, love, especially when you become enceinte. I should not like to risk an accident for the sake of appearances, my darling, I don't think you will find me very despotic, wifey, although I have several strong opinions on things which you must endeavour to agree with, love, will you? I received a statement from the secretary of my sit club. They have a balance of £2,006, 19 shillings and 22 pence, which is equal to £40 and 2 shillings each, and they have gained £56, 7 shillings and 9 pence this last year. That is not so bad, is it, love? only it is inconvenient being so far away. I expect I shall have to pay the full year's subscription of £1 at the end of this month, which is rather heavy all at once, but it would not do to give it up now, would it, love? I am expecting a letter tomorrow, love, from you, which makes me feel quite happy. I think I shall not be disappointed. I wish I could kiss you, love, at night. It would be so nice to have you with me. I love you so much. Have you tried the song over yet, love? and do you still like it? I hope it reminds you of me, dear, does it? I shall not be able to write much more tonight, love. Oh, I do long for you. I wish it was Easter, darling, and then I should kiss you severely. Don't be frightened, though, love. I shall not hurt you. I love you too much to do that. I am afraid I shall be in a splendid condition, you know what for, darling. But Of course, that remains to be seen and felt. Good night, my darling wifey. Oh, for one kiss. I believe the sick club Fred is talking about more than likely a medical aid society that he is a member of. I imagine that it was a workers friendly society, probably associated with his former steel mill or perhaps a broader regional friendly society. At that time, healthcare was paid out of your own pocket, if you could afford it. A solution that working class communities came up with was the medical society where workers would pay a regular subscription. Depending on the size of the fund and the society, the money could grow enough to even employ a regular doctor, as well as providing some sickness pay. Over time, many of the successful societies grew in size, embracing their wider communities and provided direct inspiration for the setting up of the National Health Service in the UK in 1948. It doesn't sound like Fred's Sick Club is in the position to employ a full-time doctor, it seems to be acting as a kind of savings club, really, to be accessed in the event of need. £40 benefits per member is roughly six months' wages for Fred at this point. There's a continuation sheet to this last letter, but before he sent it, this very short one from Janie arrived. Hansworth, March the 6th, 1882 My own darling husband... I am writing under difficulties just now. I have to keep jumping up to wait. Polly and the baby and Willie have arrived. I went to fetch them. We came by the 2.15 train from Sheffield and our John met us at Darnall Station with Mr. Rose, Horse and Trap. Cousin Mary and Maria have come up to tea, so we are rather busy. I have got one more Sunday over, my darling. I shall be glad when it is Easter. Our John went to Treeton yesterday to see Mrs. Hanson. She is staying there for a few days there is another little Hanson on the way. The other little one is only a year old and cannot walk, so she will be in a fix having two babies. We have got home a little before ten. It was a nice night. I did long for you, love. I love you more than ever. I know you will be rather disappointed at the shortness of my letter, but I really have not the time for more, love. I remain your loving, true, faithful wife, Janie. And so we continue Fred's letter from before. I received your letter this morning, love, as I expected. I seem to be able to tell when I shall get a letter. I think I shall get another on Thursday or Friday at the latest, shan't I, darling? I am glad that Polly has got up to your house. She will help you to forget my absence, love. I wish I were there, darling. You would not forget that I was there then, would you, my darling? You would have quite a family gathering with Maria and Mary there. We have, as you say, love, got over one more Sunday. There will only be four more, love. Just fancy, darling, only 32 days, and then I shall see you. I wish it were only 32 hours to seeing instead of 32 days. But I mustn't complain, darling. Being away from you now will bring you closer to me afterwards and in more comfortable circumstances than if I had stopped at home. I often wonder if we should not have been married now, if I had stopped. Do you think we might have been, darling? but this is even preferable for you than that would have been, so that we have been even something to be thankful for in this being separated. Although it is dreary work being away from you, little wife, it is like leaving half myself behind me. You do surprise me, love, with your news of Mrs. Hanson. I thought they would rest on their laurels a little while. I suppose he could not leave it alone, or else she could not leave it alone. Which would it be, love? I suppose it is a case of early to bed and late to rise, making a man a father of a large family. I think I shall make a practice of getting up, darling, when we are married, so as to obviate the above. But that remains to be seen. I am afraid that if I did get up, and you didn't, I should be coming up to you for a little refreshment before commencing the arduous duties of the day. I suppose that may be considered one of the duties of the day or night love. However, so much for Mrs. Hanson.' I always feel a kind of pity for a woman that has them so quickly. It must be awfully wearing for her. I think one in two years is quite often enough, don't you, darling? You must try and manage it so. Wasn't Mrs Hanson the one that told you she wouldn't let her husband before they were married, love? He seems to have made up for it since, doesn't he? I wish I could have been with you, darling. I should have enjoyed the walk so much. I feel rather disappointed in the shortness of your letter, darling, and shall expect a long one for the next. If it isn't, I shall be cross. I got a letter from home this morning. It is almost a fortnight since I got the last. I suppose they have just remembered that I am still alive and kicking, and the principal part of the letter was that I had forgotten to send the usual post-office order, which I expect was missed more than my absence, but I must not be hard on them. I intended getting off early every night this week so as to be in good condition for the match next Saturday and last night we did manage it pretty well getting off at seven but tonight has been as usual half past eight. I feel rather tired tonight. When we had finished and I had acquired a beautiful headache. I had a saglets powder when I got home and feel all right now. We had a good mixture for tea, marmalade and shrimps. I never smell shrimps but what I think of the smell of something else but I ought not to say anything about that, did I? The reason we are so late is because Mr Cooper is at the works until six, and then we have to write up some of the letters when he gets back. he is going to have a pony soon, and then he will not come up to the exchange, so I expect we shall have done earlier then. May the day soon come. I don't get on very well with our new man. I can't get him to stick to work for more than ten minutes at once. He doesn't know what work is yet, as I tell him. I expect I'm going down to Redcar tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to look at a house for our new secretary. Mr Cooper wanted me to go down last Saturday, but of course I couldn't on account of the football match. I should like to take you to Redcar and Saltburn, darling. I'm sure you would be delighted. I wish you could spend a week there in the summer, darling. I could get to see you then. It would be your birthday in Easter week, love, wouldn't it? Will you think over what I am to get for you, wifey, and let me know in good time, and then I can bring it for you if possible. You'll be 22 then, won't you? Do you remember we used to say that 24 for women and 25 for men was quite young enough? We don't think so now, love, do we? Of course, circumstances alter cases. I am afraid I shan't be able to save the £20 I expected before Easter, love, as the suit has upset my calculations a little. I reckon I had saved... £14, 11 shillings and six at the end of February. That is taking off a sovereign for my last visit. Do you think I have been very extravagant, darling? And do you still love me as much as ever? I love you, my wife, more than ever, and shall always be your loving, true, and faithful husband. Continued, March the 8th. My own darling wife, I received your loving letter this morning, love, and I regret to say that I shall not be able to answer the questions for Thursday as it is impossible to answer them at the office. I have had a copy of the questions made and send you the paper number five by tonight's post and will answer them if I can tonight and let you have them by tomorrow's post, which you will get on Friday morning. I hope this will not be too late for you, love. It is not trouble at all, darling. You know I would do anything for my wife, don't you, love? My leg is almost better now, love. It will be quite well by Saturday, darling. Don't trouble about it, wifey. We are very busy as usual today so we'll reply fully tonight. I hope you and Polly are having an enjoyable time. I remain my darling wifey, your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. P.S. I do love you my darling more than ever and shall anxiously await your letter tomorrow. It is so nice to get them often darling isn't it? I looked up Sedlitz powders. Apparently they were a laxative and aid digestion consisting of tartaric acid, potassium sodium tartrate, and sodium bicarbonate. If you do an image search, there are dozens of vintage tins and boxes in different designs. It would appear that they were ubiquitous and used as some kind of panacea during the late 19th and early 20th century. You might remember that I expressed curiosity a few podcasts back about the apparent lack of guilt that Janie and Fred have about having sex before their wedding. This line of Fred's in the previous stuck out for me. Wasn't Mrs. Hanson the one that told you she wouldn't let her husband before they were married, love? He seems to have made up for it since, doesn't he? It does seem to suggest that sex during your betrothal could be expected in their community. Unless you were Mrs. Hanson, of course. We'll leave it there for now. Thank you for listening to My Love Letter Time Machine. Next time, Janie comforts Fred regarding the kickbacks and Emma believes that Mr Walker has been two-timing her. In the meantime, perhaps you could show the podcast some support by clicking on the ratings, leaving a review or sharing it with someone you think might enjoy it. And if you'd like to write to me, you can at mylovelettertimemachine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care.